Hello, hello. Welcome to LifeCast. I am Denai Sanders. And I am Steve Sanders. Wow, we're having a great time just sharing the goodness of God. It's just so delightful to talk about the things of God, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's so awesome because we truly just just love God. And I, I believe that just it just flows out of us as a result. But we just wanted to share today about who the Holy Spirit is. I know we spent the last two episodes talking about... Uh, who is God and who is Jesus? Wow. And now we get to talk about who is the Holy Spirit because we found out in Genesis 1 26 that God said, what? Let, Let us. us make man. Yeah. And we've been referencing to that scripture because there's, it's powerful to know that in that led us, there was the Godhead and even the word in the beginning, it's Elohim and Elohim is the God uh, who's plural. Uh, he's the God yeah. of many names. So yes. not only is he a God of many names, but in the Godhead itself, there's more than just God the Father. It's God the Son, and there's God the Holy Spirit. And we want to just stay on that that topic. You know, we've talked about the Son. We talked about the Father. That Holy Spirit, that's what we want to deal with today. Hallelujah. Some so, say it's the created nature of God. Some say it's the Spirit of God. Some say. But we want to give you truths about what the Holy Spirit is today. But you know what, Steve? Some people hear Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. They go interchangeably and they start going, oh, that that's what people laugh like they're losing their mind and start jumping all over the place. And Oh, you see in churches screaming and hollering, <laughs> thank you, Jesus, and all that different stuff. <laughs> all the- so some people think that the Holy Spirit is like, a freak or something like that. Some people think it's that jumping juice, you know, (laughs) get you jumping, you know, and all that stuff, you know? (laughs) So we're just here to share what the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is. And hopefully the little uh, knowledge and nuggets that we share out of the interpretation that we got and understanding that we have will also be a blessing today because we know that all of us, as we read the word, the interpretation comes to us differently and uh, we get revelation that God gives us differently, but it's still the same word and it's amazing. So we're just going to jump into it and see what the word says. And so, you know, we want to start right in the beginning in Genesis where the God talks about let us, you know, that let us was a pivotal statement in history. We think that God made us. And when he said that, let us, he, he lets us know that it's, it's not just him. It's two other parts of him. And that part that we're speaking of is the Holy Spirit. And so because that part, that led us, he said he breathed the breath of life into man and man became a living soul. So here it is, that breath, the Holy Spirit, he breathed into man and man became alive. Hallelujah. And say, the, the, the word says quickened. Quickened. <laughs> Amen. To come alive. And and that's what we, we saw in Genesis 3, right? We saw the fall of man. Here, here God is. He created us in his image, his likeness. And then he breathed his spirit upon man and man became a living soul. And then after that, we get to see that man fell in Genesis 3. So the fall of man now happens and Sin separates us from what we knew as harmony, love, this this nice relationship we have with God. All of a sudden, we're sowing fig leaves, covering ourselves because we got shame and guilt. And, I mean, sin just opened up and people started doing all kinds of things. And so after that, we fast forward in time. So we get to walk with the Son in the four Gospels. We get to walk with Jesus. And so here at the closing, here's Jesus saying, "Uh, I, I won't be able to go farther with you. 
you know, this is this is my point where I gotta I gotta leave you. I gotta go. I gotta go. And he said specifically in his words, "I go to prepare a place for you." You know, so that place he's going to prepare for you is that he has to leave. But he said he would not leave us without this thing that he called comfort. So the scriptures speak of it in John. I think it's the 14th and 26th chapter. And 16. I mean, 14 and um, 26. Yeah, right? 14 and 26, right? Yes. Ooh, <laughs> I'm good. Ooh. No pride. No pride. In, no point intended either. <laughs> yes, 14 and 26. And then we also see it in John 16. Yeah. So the 14, 26 verse speaks as... As I go get it, get as I go get it. Let me hear him. Listen to my <laughs> yeah, English. He's he's going to run outside to get yeah. the word. <laughs> as I as I run to go get it, you know how they do in the Pentecostal church. No, I'm joking. Oh, we're joking. But here we go. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is John fourteen twenty six. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Here it is, Jesus leaving, and Jesus saying, here is comfort for you, that she'll do these things that I just spoke of in John 14 and 26. Amen. Awesome. And in John 14, he's kind of giving us an introduction to who the Holy Spirit is. So now he knows that his time is coming. He's going to be crucified, and he's going to resurrect in power. Wonderful. But now his disciples, those that are following him this is what we're aiming for right and and we often say with steve that we're not just converts you know we didn't just uh know that jesus came to save us and we stayed there and we just got our ticket to heaven but we are also disciples yeah disciples are those that are growing closer to what what the message of jesus was so think about it here's jesus saying i'm getting ready to leave you i've been teaching you all this time and here i go i'm getting ready to leave and so think about it you with somebody you have a growing relationship with them, and then all of a sudden here they say, I'm leaving. So how would you feel? You'll feel like, wow, oh, you're just going to leave? Get up and leave us? So so what, what's going to happen to us? What's, what, what are we going to be? What, 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 what's, going to, what's going to be next? I don't know. And so Jesus is telling them that here's a comforter coming. So Amen. still, he's saying here's a comforter. I'm still for me, if I'm back there with them, I'll be like, wow, Lord, you just got you just going to get up and you, you're saying a comforter is coming. I don't see him. Where you at? You know, <laughs> and, and he also reminds us if we just like backtrack a little bit in John 14, he talks about it. He says that in, in John 14, verse 15, it says, if ye love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because they seeth him not. Just like Steve said, where, where is this comforter? <laughs> He's not physically present, right? Neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be with you. And I say that because when before Jesus was, here was John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ. So they had John. So here's Jesus pops on the scene and John tells them who Jesus is. And so now here Jesus is telling us now he's getting ready to walk away. He's getting ready to go away and prepare that place for us. Here he is telling them, oh, you know, I got to go. Here's that comforter. So the same thing with John and Jesus. They looking like, hey, so where's this guy at? So where is he coming? Here's he is. And Jesus did a, does a great job explaining it to him and John, you know. 
And in John 16, it says here, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of Amen. righteousness and of judgment. Yeah. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my father and ye see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of the world is judged. I awesome. love that scripture. And I like to stop there because I just, in, in just studying and just reading this earlier, I just got this revelation and kind of understanding of what this scripture in, in, in John 16, 8 is talking about. He says this, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, this spirit is going to, for those that don't know me, have not gotten to know Jesus, something in them is telling them, hey, you know what? You need a savior. This Man. life is not making any sense. <laughs> you have this addiction, this problem. You are a sinner in need of a savior. And Jesus is that answer. Yeah. We talk about voids in our lives. You know, people become hoarders. People become promiscuous because they're trying to fill this place of not really understanding and this place that's a, a big hole inside of them that came with the, what happened with disobedience in Genesis 3. So they're trying to fill that spot. And the Holy Spirit comes to convict us that, hey, hey, you know what? Jesus is here to save you. And that's the same exact reason why Jesus said that the Holy, that God will send another comforter. He will pray to God that he'll send another comforter because he knew he had to leave. And so because he's leaving, the, the comforter had to come. So let's dabby a little bit more into this comforter and what he does and who he is. But before we even get to that, I just wanted to share this, Steve, that also the Holy Spirit, not only does he remind of the world of sin, so saying that, hey, you need a savior, he says it will remind you of righteousness. So for us or you who has chosen to say, I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins, that he became the propitiation of my sins. Now, you know what? I'm clothed in righteousness. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. So when God sees me, he sees Jesus. And when he sees Jesus, I'm I'm blameless pretty much. Like he doesn't see those sins anymore. And I get to walk in freedom because guess what? When God sees me, there's righteousness. So the Holy Spirit comes now to convict you as a believer to say, hey, 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 you can't do that. Yeah. You know, Jesus took care of that already. Why are you feeling rejected? Rejection is not part of the believer. You are now a child of God. You came from being an orphan child to coming into this family of God. And what the scriptures say, the spirit of adoption, the spirit of adoption. You're now a child of God. Hey, come into this, this embrace of the father. Yeah. Your father might not have done you right. Or your mother or people have failed you, but you now belong in this family of God. And there are many children that are in this brothers and sisters of Christ that love you. That's what that reminder of being in his righteousness does. That's the conviction. Cause I think a lot of people have a misunderstanding that the holy spirit comes to convict you of hey you did wrong you're bad for this you're bad no his voice is not you're bad his yeah. voice is jesus's voice and saying just, i love you that's just sometimes men men's take on living for god and not living for god they tend to put that onus on what are you not doing and what are you what you are doing and sometimes you know it, it creates a, a a form of judgment you know to the point where you you think of God as being a, a vengeful judge, 
And our God is a God of peace. He's a God of love, a God of he just wants to see the best of us, you know, because he cares for us. And he created us like him. So he wants us to see what he's like. And truly, he's not mad at you. He loves you so much. And the Holy Spirit is there to remind you, hey, there's better for you. Hey, you can do better. Hey, put that down. Don't watch that. Don't do this because there's better for you. When you do this, this is going to open you up to another world you don't want to be around. This is going to put you deeper into something that you don't want to be in. So I'm reminding you of this. And then it says that you're also justified because it says that then then it talks about being justified and that judgment coming. So we are also justified by Jesus just coming to, to, to bear all of our sins. Now God really looks at us and sees his son and we just abide in the sun. Like we talked Amen. about the vine Amen. and the branches. So Amen. that's what the Holy, one of his jobs is to just remind us of, of who Jesus is and what he did for us. And, and it, it, it just gives us the understanding of that the Holy Spirit is God's power in action. And it shows us that God is always active. He's always active. He's always there roaming to, to give us the inspiration or give us the encouragement to empower us, to uplift us, to move us to the next point, the next point, and the next point, and the next. Awesome. It is so awesome. Yeah, so now took let's the words out of my mouth. <laughs> we use the words awesome a lot and good and because it's so exciting when we talk about who the Holy Spirit is. So uh, do we want to just go into Acts 1, 8? Yeah, yeah. And just yeah. read that. So in Acts 1, power. 8, we talk about we love power, power. Come on now. It says that the kingdom of God is not by word, but by power. So the power that we have as a result of having the Godhead within us, man, we are a powerful being. We'll lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. How awesome is that? We'll be able to, to just bring that spirit of joy around people and the atmosphere yeah, changes. Yeah. We'll be able to, to, to speak a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge to somebody and their life is transformed. Yeah. That's powerful. So before we even get into that, I'm getting excited. Let's, let's see what it's talking about here with power. Uh, Steve, do you want to read that? Acts 1 and 7. Oh, wow. You you put it on me to read Acts 1 and 7. <laughs> okay, let me go to my Bible, my trusty Bible. Yes, which, for those who are at home, we just always encourage you to take your Bible out, open it up, let's read together, because I know that when I got born again, it was so overwhelming to think, hey, Genesis to Revelation, man, there's a lot of things I got to read. But the Bible became so much more interesting when I knew that this, this book was a book of relationships. And it was a it was a book that was going to help me to know who I was in relationship with. I enjoyed it. Even the things that I didn't understand, I asked the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit helped me to understand more. So it can be awesome. Read along with us. Get acclimated in opening pages or, you know, if it's your phone, whatever. Just get acclimated in looking for things and seeing how things are connected and seeing how God just uh, spoke from the beginning to the end. It was always about his love for us. And so if you read Acts, if you just give you a, a little briefing of Acts 1, the chapter, you read everything before Acts 1 and 8. It's just talking about how the Holy Spirit is beginning to make its ascension onto people and onto the earth. And so Jesus, um, in the beginning of Acts, he's just talking about how, how John baptized with water and how the Holy Spirit will baptize you in, in a few days with fire. And so... Um, Acts 1 to 8 reads as this. 
but ye shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Yes, into the uttermost part of the earth. And I love that, that uttermost part of the earth, because I saw how the Holy Spirit, I, I used to even question this, Steve, and I think we talked about it before. I like to address those things that I feel like sometimes people have questions on this. How does then God like reach people in rural parts of the earth? There's some places where they don't have a TV, they don't have a radio. I mean, they're just, there's nothing there. And we talked about how we see God in creation, but the Holy Spirit reaches those people too because <laughs> he's everywhere. Just like it says in John 14 that the world seeth him not. They don't see him, so it's not physically seeing him, but because he was breathed in man, yeah. there's always that spirit that's like, hey, there's something greater. There's a higher power. Yeah. There's someone who loves you. It's always there, but the words and the and the and come to help us to now get to understand that and that's what we see through and his you know word. what I, the analogy i always get is how god breathed the breath of life into man and said man god breathed so he went and man became a living soul i know that probably popped in your ear if you heard this but it, he breathed the breath of life into man and it said man became a living soul so just as he brought he breathed his breath you know he could breathe in his breath so his breath caused wind right so when he blew so something changed in the atmosphere when he blew and it became wind. And so when that wind blows, I believe that word follows. And so people in those uh, remote parts of the earth, you know, as God winds begin to breathe, you know, as God's breath begins to breathe, that wind will flow that way. Hallelujah. And we're just going to go into Acts 2 just to add on that. And it says, so this is uh, what we know of as uh, uh, the day of Pentecost, right? Acts 2, verse 1, and we're going to read down. So let's open up and just get in there. And says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in a one accord in one place. And I love this because it's talking about unity. There's power in us being together in unity. Yes. God never meant for us to be alone and do life alone. We are meant to do life with each other. And it goes on to say, and suddenly there came sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So here's the power that was promised now coming into full action. Awesome. Oh, Jesus awesome. saying, I'm not going to leave you alone, that I'm going to give you a comforter. It also talks about him being the, the spirit that will help us, uh, help guide us and teach us, so, convict us. So for those who, who, who are listening and don't know, a spirit is something that we cannot see. It is, it is not, it's present, but it's not present. And so God's spirit is always present because he made us. And so just like that word in Genesis. I keep going back to that because it, it's a it's a it's a point. It's almost like a finality that it's a given. I ain't gonna say a finality like it's final, but it's given that God's spirit is always here. Hallelujah. It's just waiting. It's waiting for the connection in the relationship. Yes. So 
And that's the part that we have to understand that everything that pertains to our relationship with God is a free will. And I've heard this term being used that it, it becomes an effortless change because when you grow in relationship, it just comes out of you. It's like being in love. <laughs> just, if I can just say that love in the sense of just what we understand as, as, as mankind, as love in this world, this worldly kind of love. You fall in love with somebody. All of a sudden, your people are saying your glow is different. You just are bubbly and smiling, and you just want to do right by the person. You you want to feed them. You want to cook breakfast. You want to um, spend more time with them. It becomes effortless. Why? Because there's a connection that's made there, and it's a free will. Nobody. I don't think if you were forced to be in love. <laughs> that you would react the same but it flows naturally because it came as a result of your choice saying I love this person I'm in love with this person as people would say but think of God's love it's yes. much greater than that little bit of love that we understand it is much less adultered it is just an awesome love and so you know when the Holy Spirit came about it, it left us with these things what we call fruits and so from these fruits, it, it, it shows us how God loves and teaches us his love for us that we, with that Holy Spirit, will walk in. So the first fruit of the Spirit is love. Yes. And so with that, you know, it, it, it's saying that God loved us unconditional. So the fruit of love is unconditioned. It's I love you is unconditional word. So when you tell somebody that, it's not based on what clothes they have, what house they have, what car they drive, how their hair look, how their face look, how their shoes look. It's just based on the opportunity that I know through relationship with them that I love them. And you know, no, that means there's no conditions. Relationship brings forth no conditions when you in a, enter into a relationship with someone. The next one is joy, which everybody say, me and my wife pursue this fruit, joy, because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so we walk in joy, knowing that everything else follow, you know, with that, with that fruit of the spirit. Then there's peace. Then there's patience. Then there's kindness. Then there's goodness. Then there's faithfulness. Then there's gentleness. And then there's self-control. All these things God gives, he gives us with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And he causes fruit. Hallelujah. Isn't that something? You know, how many of us out here like fruit? You know, I you know, we I mean, me and my wife like fruit right now. We've been chomping down some watermelon. So, <laughs> I mean, we like fruit. So so if God is giving us something that we like, it's easy to do. You know, it's easy, accessible. The yeah. fruit is easy. It's easy. Just think about it. On the opposite side of having the fruits of the spirit is being condemned, is being mad, being angry and all that stuff. How does that make you feel? It make you feel bad. Maybe sometimes it make you feel bitter. It makes you feel like, oh, man, maybe I have to apologize. Who wants to go through life always feeling like I got to give something? I got to give something to someone when the fruits of the spirit is free. Hallelujah. <laughs> because the Bible say at the end of Galatians 5, and 23, above there is such no law. Hallelujah. So there's no law to having fruit. and There's no law in the Holy Spirit, meaning there's freedom. Hallelujah. So what Jesus came to do. The Holy Spirit is doing is taking it an extra step and what Jesus said. And now it's bringing to remembrance everything Jesus said. Isn't that awesome? That is so great, man. That is so great. So he comes now, like we talked about earlier, he comes to convict us of, hey, hey, 
You don't need to be angry. Have patience. Yeah. You don't need to be full of hate. Just love. Out of love, you're going to flow in peace. All these other kindness, goodness, faithfulness towards one another, it comes so easy. And what I find out why people sometimes don't have peace is because they're not in relationship with the Holy Spirit or they're not in relationship with God. And how can you not be in how can you be in relationship with God if you haven't touched the Holy Spirit? You haven't got in relationship with the Holy Spirit because Jesus is gone. And he said, I leave behind that comforter. So you can't be in relationship with Jesus because he's not here. But you can be in relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Yes. So that's the awesome part right there to know. Amen. And in the word, it also says the Holy Spirit doesn't say anything that Jesus didn't say. They're connected. They're one. They're, yeah. This is what the led us. You know, Jesus says, I'm in the Father, right? And the Father is in me. We're one. And then it says that the Holy Spirit is not going to speak of himself, but he's going to speak of all the things that I've taught you, and yeah. all the things that I am. So they are one. Let us make yeah. man in our image and our likeness. And these are the fruits that they're going to bear as believers, as ones that have received him and put him in that place. And now we take abode in him, right? That's what it says in John 14 that, let me just go and read that. Cause 14 Steve and, and I, 23, yeah. John 14, let's go and read that because that's really awesome. It says, if, if a man love me, he will keep my words. That's that relationship we're talking about. And my father will love him. And we will come into him and make our abode with him. Well, stop right there. That part where, you know, if a, if a man loves me, he'll keep my word. That part right there, that, that's, that's significant. Because what does love say? When you love someone, you keep what they, you keep them. You just, you just, it just, some about them, you'll never want to let them down. You never want to let them, you know, you never want to fail them. So this is what love is because the Bible speaks of it in the fruits. It says love is unfailing. And so with that, he said, if you keep my words, that means you never, un his words are never unfailing to you. You'll never let it go. Amen. And then at the end, he said, I'll bold in you. Man. Take I'll residence. Take residence in you. If you love me, though. So you got to let me in. Like we talked about earlier, it's, it's choosing that relationship. It's, it's, it's saying, I want that relationship out of free will. God never forces anything on and us like some because may, it becomes law, right? Yeah. And like some may think how the Holy spirit rests upon you and then it goes away. No, he's saying, I will abode in you, not rest on you. He's aboding in you. So what that means, he's in you. He's going to be there. He's not leaving. You can't kick him out. So he's there because salvation is given and the Holy spirit is there. Hallelujah. Because in the Old Testament, we see that it, the spirit did come and go. He, he came upon man and then he left. He came and, and, and anointed them and they did great things and then they left and it just kept doing that. But Jesus says, hey, here I am. I'm here now to connect you back because now when God sees you, he sees me. And now the Holy Spirit can make his abode in you. And now you are anointed. <laughs> it doesn't come and go. You are full of Jesus wall to wall. And when God sees you, he sees his son. And so blameless and wonderful. And so it's awesome to say, I'm sorry, my wife. You know, I got excited a little bit. So it's awesome to see because the, the, the scriptures say, behold, you're a new creature. And here it is, the Holy Spirit abode. Behold, here it is, abode. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's awesome. Yes, so. look at it. Now you're new. You're a new creation. I mean, there's so many ways we can go with understanding who the Holy Spirit is. But I wanted to share. Maybe we'll just take a little few minutes here just sharing 
our experience with the Holy Spirit in our life and why that is such a, a, a an important part of our relationship, our growing relationship is making that room and residence for the Holy Spirit to dwell within yes. us, not to just be that spirit that comes and goes, but to really take his residence within yeah. us. I know that when I got born again, it was such everybody's born again experience is different. But mine was I got born again and I got baptized in water and filled with the Holy Spirit all at once. It was so awesome because when it happened and I, and now I'm talking about the being filled with the Holy Spirit. So I received Christ as my Lord and Savior. I got baptized in water. So I died with Christ and rose in power with him, right? Out of that water. And I'm telling you, there was something so significant about that. And hopefully one day we'll get to share about water baptism and just the significance of that. And then after that, I was baptizing the Holy Spirit. So I wanted that Holy Spirit. I wanted that power that we talk about. I wanted the spirit that who will guide me because at that time in my life, I was feeling so broken. I was feeling so broken. I didn't know where my life was going. I felt so confused. I felt like everything around me was a lie. And, and I even used to say to myself, even if I died today, I mean, I don't feel any fulfillment in life. That's how bad I was feeling. And when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I remember going to the back room of the church and uh, this wonderful uh, minister of the gospel, she prayed with me and she she said, do you receive the Holy Spirit? I said, yes. I didn't know really what it was, but it, because of that spirit that was breathing me that we talked about in Genesis 2, 7, I just, I had a feeling that this is what I needed. And I said yes to it, not even fully understanding and that's what is how it starts. You might not fully understand it, but something in you is saying, this is what I need. So I said, yes, I receive it. And she said, okay, wonderful. You've been baptized. Now you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And now the Bible talks about now being able to speak in other tongues, as we saw in Acts 2. So I said, okay, what is this? I've, I've seen people do it in church and start speaking in this funny language. Okay, so let's do it. I, I mean, I wasn't even, I was just so overwhelmed by God. God's spirit, because here I was, I just became born again. I'd been baptized in water. Here I am in the back and I'm receiving something that everybody's telling me this is great. And I want it. I just want it. I know I want it. So then I started speaking. She spoke in tongues. I spoke in tongues right away. It didn't take long. And when it happened, I remember speaking in tongues for hours after that. And I cried because why? The Holy Spirit knows me. And knew the things that were inside me. And even though I was praying in this language that I didn't understand, these words, that uh, the syllables, I didn't understand, there was a cleansing I felt on the inside of me. A washing, a being made new again. That I just felt something was changing within me. And I tell you, I had the power to say no to friends that I had then. <laughs> I had zero friends after that. I went from going out with friends to not going and doing anything, just wanting to be in church all the time, reading the Bible. I remember starting in Jeremiah and not even understanding anything it was saying. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I just felt like something was telling me, start in Jeremiah. I mean, all these things were happening and I was becoming that new creature that we talk about. I was no longer feeling broken. Instead, I was feeling like I was loved. And I didn't know what this love was until I started reading my word and getting to understand that, oh, wow, that's God. Oh, wow, that's Jesus. Oh, wow, that was the Holy Spirit I received. This is who he is. So I wanted to share that because I think it's important for us to know we start somewhere, but something in us is always yearning and crying out for 
something needs to fill me. And that's that conviction that the Holy Spirit brings. And so w- mine is a little bit more uh, shorter than that, but I'm just messing with my wife. <laughs> but yeah, but I would say that that's an awesome story from Deny. Mine's is a story of growing up being traditional. And I would say just wanting more, always having that void, like Deny said. And I got to a point where I'm like, Lord, it's more. It's more. And I've always been a person that questioned what people say. And so listening to pastors growing up, listening to men and women of God, men strong in the faith and stuff like that, you know, I question what's next, uh, what's farther. And it's, it feel like something's missing. And so for me, it felt like something was missing. And so I took a step farther in my college years. You know, I got saved at a young age. But in my college years, I said, I wanted more, Lord. I wanted to grasp. And I remember the Holy Spirit speaking to me in my high school years saying, you know what? Not right now. I'll come back. And so my college year, I remember the day. I w- it was in February. And it was like February 12th. And I think that was 2001. And, you know, and I went on a, a college um, tour or a college um, to another campus. And I got prayed for there. And the lady told me to speak. And out of the, out of it, like the Bible said, out of my mouth flowed living waters. And I immediately knew what it was. She said, you've been speaking this for years. You were just scared to speak it. God, don't give you the spirit of fear. This is your prayer over me. God, release that spirit of fear for him to speak. And immediately I spoke. I spoke in other tongue. I spoke. And, and ever since then, it's like, man, it was awesome. And so I really look at that for if somebody today is listening, that you heard the testimony of deny, you heard the testimony that I've had. And for you, if you don't quite know who God is, you know, and you want an eyewitness account of God, you know, listen to the word when it talks about his Holy Spirit. It's a comforter. It's a comforter. It'll meet you right where you're at right now. And I just want to pray this prayer with you. If you haven't given your life over to Christ or you haven't given your life over to salvation, the prayer goes as this. You just ask God for forgiveness and it goes, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Lord, I relinquish this life I lived before and I I want the new life in you. And Lord, because of this new life, Lord, I want to make the transition to say yes to your will and say no to the old way, the old man. And Lord, and if you believe that today, you're saved. Amen. Because you just said yes to the risen king. Amen. Amen. And also, if you want to receive this power that was promised unto us, Jesus says that I'm leaving, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I leave you with this comforter, and he's the spirit of truth. So every lie that you've ever heard, he's going to come and remind you that there's truth, there's more. He's the spirit of power, and you want to make him abide within you and dwell within you fully so that you can live a life full of power, a life that is that more that even Steve talked about. Just say, Holy Spirit, I want more. I want more because it's out of our heart. It's not the words that we say, but it's what our heart is speaking. I just want more. I want more. And I know that that more is the Holy Spirit. And it starts off small, but the more you get to know him, the more you get to know his character and who he is in you. And that's that growing relationship we've been talking about in one, two, and three. Amen. And so just say yes to the Holy Spirit and see how your life will be transformed. We have had such an awesome time talking about the Holy Spirit. There's more that can be said. There's more that can be said about speaking in tongues and other tongues. There's more, but 
We know that as you go in your word and even dive in more, you get more understanding. And we're going to open ourselves up even to questions at some point in our podcast. We'll share our email and you feel free to ask us questions and we'll try to go in depth with certain things and just share the understanding that we have. So it's been a great time sharing on the Holy Spirit. I know there could be more that could be said, but hopefully that little bit blessed you that for those that have received the Holy Spirit now, just look forward to that speaking in tongues because there's power in that. You could just start with small syllables and it gets more and more and more and more words will come. But it will happen because you have opened yourself up in this Amen. awesome, growing Amen. relationship. We just love you guys. And God bless you. And may you continue making the Lord just Lord over everything in your life. Amen. Amen. Amen.